Uh, turn to the book of First Corinthians, chapter sixteen, and uh, verse one, and all the way to verse four. We're going to read a couple of verses here, and we will pick up in our message tonight. It says, "Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even do ye, uh, do, um, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay." Lay by him in store, as God had prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, then will I send to bring your, your liber, liberality unto Jerusalem. And if, it's, if it be, I'm sorry, and if it be, meet that I go also, they shall go, shall go with me. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. As we touch on the subject of giving tonight, I just pray, Lord, give me the liberty and the freedom to speak, Lord, in a way that brings glory to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, this preacher does not preach on money. Uh, if you come here for a period of time, you know that I preach God's Word, and I stay from the subject of money all year round. And I, I, I don't want people to come to a church and say that's what the preacher preach every time is about money. You know, uh, you know preachers that uh, they do that quite often. But in the month of October, I purposely take, not the whole month, okay? I take one Sunday, and I'm going to teach you about money. I think it's a principle of God's Word. It should be, we should know about it, what God says, and we should not rely on what people say, but what God says. Amen. So we need to know, uh, <laughs> somebody said, uh, a couple of weeks ago, told me, asked me, said, uh, so, uh, okay, and they were surprised. I said, so you tithe? How could you, you, you tithe your own money? I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? I'm like, yo, you tithe, you shouldn't be tithing. I'm like, if I get paid, I should be tithe. I have a job, right? Some people think that the pastor doesn't tithe. <laughs> I don't know why. But, you know, I do give my tithes and offerings to the Lord as well as you do. And I know the concept of tithing and how uh, uh, sac- sacrificial it is and, uh, and for all of us. But anyway, let me put it this way as we, before we get to our introduction here. Tithing in the Old Testament, even with Jesus was, and we touched a little bit there in Sunday school this morning, it was a common thing. It wasn't like people were questioning, should I tithe or not? It was a, co- a, a, a common practice to the Jewish people. That's something that they did. So when they came with the, the question... They were trying Jesus because that was a silly question. Even ask him, oh, should we give to Caesar with Caesar? Should we give to, you know, should we give to Caesar? Listen, it's like us. We live in a country. Should I, should I pay my taxes? That's a silly question. We all pay taxes. So it was a common thing in those days that people tied. Now, when Christianity came about, right, and then church began to expand itself, now we question God's word. And we divide it. Oh, that's the Old Testament. Oh, when we got to the Old Testament, we, we say this when it is inconvenient for us. So if it's inconvenient, I say, oh, that's Old Testament. That's under the law. I live under grace. Oh, okay. So we're going to look at this subject tonight. So this is our missions month, and as tradition, I like to preach on the subject of tithing. You say, Pastor, but it's nothing to do with missions. Oh, yes, it has to do with missions. Of course it does. So we're going to go to the subject of money tonight. So don't worry, I don't be preaching on giving uh, at all. Uh, for the whole month, just tonight, okay? So I don't want you to make you get uh, like uncomfortable and say, uh, uh, Pastor, you're going to keep... No, 
I, this is not a stewardship month. I don't even have a stewardship month. Some preachers have a whole month, stewardship month. All month long is all about money. All right? So I just like to remind you of, you, of your, your and my responsibility before God of how the tithe belongs to the Lord, not to us. And that missions, giving, and offerings uh, is above our tithe. I, um, before I became a pastor, actually, that was the church I got, say, First Baptist Church. I was teaching 35-year-old 30 uh, class, and I brought the subject of tithing in one of my teachings. And I, I remember saying this, because many years ago, I remember saying this, I, said, I think I probably I'm a good qualified person to actually teaching on tithing because I'm not a pastor. I don't live off the church. I, I'm a regular person like you, you folks are. So let me teach you about tithing. And, of course, it didn't fit very well because some people had a problem with that. And one of the guys, I mean, in those days, I, I said it because it just, I just said I had to say it. This man had season tickets to the Patriots. He, had, he used, to, used to go to the Patriots and because he has the season tickets. He comes to me and says, you know, I don't know if I agree with tithing with you because, and he's trying to explain left and right, going on. And I said, listen. You give me verses and chapters. I want to know if you, you just give me your opinions. One thing, let's let's, we, let's study God's word together. And uh, he keep, keeps going on. And after a while, I said, "Listen, it goes like this: tithing is a sexual, sacrificial thing that we do. But if you struggle that much with tithing, is what you do. You go to the Patriots game that you have and cut it off. You probably spend more money on that than you spend giving to the Lord." By the time you drive over there and you park your car and you spend all your money and you pay all those tickets, I tell you what, you actually saving money if you give your tithes to the Lord instead of giving it to that. I said, oh, no, no, I can't do that. Oh, why not? So the, the football is more important to you than, than God. I said it to him way back then, and he didn't like what I said. You know what? I was at peace because I didn't try to be hurtful to him. I tried to make him see to understand things. Uh, the way it should be. So, so let's go this way right here this, this evening. So uh, it is my responsibility and your responsibility to know that the tithe belongs to the Lord, not to us. And that missions giving is an offering above our tithe. So the tithe is the Lord. So, Pastor, when the world, in the world is the tithe. The tithe is 10% of your income, if you want to be that simple. And you say, Pastor, should I give out of my gross of my Net. You want, you want gross blessings or net blessings? You put up with God on that. Okay? So, in 1 Corinthians 16, Paul shares with the Corinthians about his upcoming trip and answer, answer some questions that had, had about the collection of God's people. And in answering this question, Paul gives the Corinthian church and us seven important principles for church giving in the church. Those principles are found here in verse 1 to verse 4. So how many of you are people who never read the instruction, an instruction manual? How many of you? You read instructions when you get something? Nope. No, of course not. We don't do that. We look at the picture, right? <laughs> I don't have the same way. We look at, you know, at my job, I'm sorry, but I got to follow instructions. I cannot do it. I have to read all these little letters. I have to follow instructions. But in a way from there, you buy something. You look at the picture, and you flip the thing, flip the box. Oh, give me that box. And the instructions is right there. We don't read the instructions. We did that when we were building the games right here. And we were looking at the box, and we were looking at this. I cannot understand these instructions. Some of them are pretty hard, you know, like, what in the world is he trying to say here? 
So we, we don't read instructions. So, yep, there's a lot of us, we don't do it. How many of you, uh, 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 um, so, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So uh, a lot of times in life, we find ourselves saying, if only I had the instructions. There are entire YouTube channels totally devoted to giving visual instructions on how and how to do various tasks, isn't it? I don't know if you ever checked that, but they are. When I need to learn how to do something, I almost always go to YouTube. Actually, you can know a lot. I wanted to put my back brake brakes in my van, and I didn't want to pay. I got cheap that day. I really did. So I went on YouTube, and I was, I was like, oh, I can do that. I, I can't do that. I did it, and I did it. I, I put it together. Uh, so, uh, but I, I was looking at the pictures in the video. I watched that video for maybe at least 50 times before I got those breaks down. Oh, anyway, so, <laughs> so well, when it comes to Christian giving, you don't need to, to worry about where to find the instructions, right? God gives the instructions right here. They're right here. You don't have to ask your neighbor next door or your fellow Christian, hey, where do you find the instructions about how to give to the Lord? Right there in your Bible. You know, you know it's right there. It is amazing how some people have a problem with that, but it's right there. So, you don't have to go check YouTube. You don't have to go check it. Just open your Bible. And the good thing about that is right there. When we follow the instructions, when we give as, the, as God uh, tells us to give, we will have everything we need to do what God tells us to do. So, today we are going to look at the instructions for giving found here in 1 Corinthians 16, 1-4. And these instructions are all given within the context of collection for God's people. So look at verse 1 right here. Look what it says. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even do ye. So Paul right here, not only give to the Corinthians, but also to the Galatians, the same instructions. So, Paul is, uh, uh, so where am I right here? So, I lost my spot right here. One second, right there, and I gave my my. You know, a nice one. You f you miss your spot. <laughs> so we see this instruction. For an example, Christian giving is an act of worship to the Lord. You follow that? Christian giving is an act of worship. So during our service, from the moment that we start our service, we say welcome. You know, in to the moment we say you dismiss. Everything done within that service is an act of worship. So when it comes time to we pray for the giving, is a part of worship. Don't you think it's like, oh, here comes the, some people want sometimes want to shrink their seats and want to want to slide out, and because especially when those uh, uh, plates used to come by, we don't have those things. Isn't that wonderful? We don't have those things anymore. I never thought they were that biblical anyway. Uh, it's how we struggled through the years on that. But anyway, so for example, Christian is an act of worship. Christian giving should be done out in an attitude of thankfulness for what God has provided. Christian giving should be generous. Not like, should it be like this? There goes, Lord. Oh, Lord. <clears throat> you know, that's not the way we give. We give with a joyful heart. Hey, Lord, and we can't even wave it. Lord, I have it right here. With a cheerful heart. Christian giving is to be done cheerfully. Christian giving should be done with the attitude of faith. 
I'm going to give it to God, it belongs to God, and I believe you will provide for me. Folks, you're not talking with uh, somebody that just started tithing last week. I've been tithing for almost 25 years. God takes care of it. I didn't miss a meal. I didn't sleep on the streets. God's been blessing me. And you say, how can you do that? Sacrificially. It's a sacrificial giving. It's the attitude of the heart to say, Lord, no matter what, I'm going to give you what belongs to you. It's an attitude of the heart. It's no question marks. It's not should I, should not. It is just you got your paycheck or whenever you get it and you write your type and down it goes. Okay, so, so tonight we're going to be looking at the seven principles of giving. These are what we might call the nuts and bolts of Christian giving, the practical aspects, and uh, as opposed to the most spiritual aspect of giving, such as worship, gratitude, cheerfulness, faith, and, and the list can go on. So, however, you cannot really separate the practical aspect from the spiritual. The practical aspect are only acceptable to God if you also practice the spiritual aspect. But the spiritual aspect won't happen at all if we don't implement the practical. So God gives us seven principles or practical principles for Christian giving here in verse uh, in First Corinthians 16. The first six principles are all found in the in verse two, and the seven is found in verse three and four. So let's look at this from this morning at uh, about being uh, this principle of Christian giving. Number one, the time of our giving. The time. Look at uh, we see this in verse two. It says, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay aside in store. So, there are many people who are afraid of going to church because of giving. They even say, the only thing the church talks about is money. That is not true. <laughs> but anyway, the, oh, I, I, that's all the thing you guys want is money. We're going to talk about a little bit about this here a little bit. So, let me tell you that such thing is ignorance at a high level. This church, for an example, our church, doesn't want your money, but God wants, you are ready for this? This church doesn't want your money. God wants his money. Is that clear? That goes to me too, because i got to tithe myself. Okay? So if you have a problem with giving your tithes and offerings to your local church, then you must be with God. Put up with him. Go ask him the question. What do I have to do? You know, just have a conversation with him. Because he is the one, not me, who instituted giving. I didn't institute that, but that's what the Bible teaches. If I teach you about faith, about, about trust, about loving, about all these things, because it ain't in the Bible, should I ignore giving? It's in the Bible as well. So they're up on the first day of the week. So folks, what is the first day of the week? Sunday. Sunday. The first principle is regular giving. We find this in, 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 the, in the phrase, the first day of the week. So the first day of the week is Sunday. And so Paul is talking about the weekly gathering of the church for worship. So notice Paul assumed that the church is meeting for worship on Sunday rather than on Saturday. That is a fascinating discussion for another time, anyway. How the early church, uh, which was mostly Jews, began worshiping on Sundays rather than Saturdays which was the long-established Sabbath day. So Sunday is also known as the Lord's Day in the New Testament. It's the day that Jesus rose from the dead, and it's very clear that the church switched from Saturday worship to Sunday worship. But this first institution from Paul tells us that our giving should be regular, a regular giving. 
the church meets regularly. The church meets, uh, uh, makes regular collections, and therefore we should give regularly to the Lord's work. So now, not everyone gets paid every week. I know you're already thinking this way. So what should I do? Some people get paid every other week. Some get paid once a month. Some, uh, some, do, uh, uh, some uh, do contract work and get paid irregularly. They get paid whenever they get paid. When I, we, I used to work in construction, I had my own construction business. I didn't get paid every week. Sometimes we used to go a whole month without getting paid. And when you get the whole in the end of the month, that's where you got your check in the end in the end of the month. You know, it sometimes it was hard. You go, goodness, all month long without sometimes you had to finish a job in order to get the, the, the paid uh, that they owed owed you. That's about business, the way that's the way they work. So anyway. So now, so do, how do we coordinate our giving with the church weekly collection? That's between you and the Lord. How are you gonna do it? Some people may choose a weekly amount that they will give even though they not necessarily got paid every week. They literally say, I get paid this much, let me divide this by and give bi-weekly. Some do that. Some do give at the other week. Some give once a month. So, you know, however it is, either way we give, be regular. We got to be regular in our giving. But I, I think a good rule of thumb is to be regular. As often as you receive an income, give back to the Lord. So, what about for our young people? Our young people, should our young people tithe or should just mom and dad tithe? When you begin to work and get a paycheck, 10% of that check belongs to God, not yours. You can, you can come to me with a thousand questions and try to excuse yourself. I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you every time, that's God's money. That's God's money. <laughs> okay, so every time God provides for you, you give back to him. Don't wait until Sunday to write the check. Don't wait until Sunday. Write a check when you receive the check. And if you give online, schedule you online giving so you don't have to, you see, I forgot, whatever it is. You know, like, you make sure you're not in despair the moment. I see it in churches. I, I mean, I observe people. I never did this in a mean way, believe me. <laughs> not here. Because I, I try to stay away as much as I can from this thing. But, you know, even like I say, when we used to sing in the choir out there, and you see all the stuff going on. Some people go, uh, some people go through there, but guys will go, try. listen, have it ready. And when it comes, there it goes, Lord, it's yours. Right. Now, this bit of moment, try to tip God with the $2 bill. In anyway. So, uh, don't wait until Sunday to write the check. Write it before. But however you decide to do it, make sure that you are giving regularly to the Lord. The God provides to us every, every day, doesn't he? And we should give regularly back to him. So the Lord wants us to give him his tithe. Let me put it this way so you can understand. The Lord wants us to give to him his tithe. I didn't say the Lord wants us to give to him our tithe. It's not our tithe. It's his tithe. You follow that? Mm -hmm. So And as obedient children, we are to give back to the Lord what, he rightly, what is rightly is. So the tithe is the Lord. There's no negotiations on that. There's no questions about it. There's no holding back. The tithe is the Lord. So the time of our giving. Number two, the participation of our giving. Look, that's like in verse 2. Look what it says. Let every one of you, 2 Corinthians 1-2. Uh, uh, Listen, Paul is not dividing ages right here. He doesn't say those who retire should not give anymore. The elderly should not give anymore. 
or the young ones, the 18, the 19 year old, they should not give anymore. Only the like those who, you know, mom and dad, those, those are the ones you're going to give. No, it says, look what it says. Let every one of you, and that includes everybody here, that includes me too. So, God is clean as wood, isn't it? That's the principle, the, princi the, the participation of our giving. The second principle is the participation give. We find this in a very, right here, in a very, uh, let, uh, every, let every one of you. So, on the first day of the week, each one of you should give to the Lord. Particip means, participation means everyone is to participate in giving. Every church should aim, listen to this, every church should aim for 100% participation in giving. You say, Pastor, that's never going to happen. We cannot say never. We can say that should be our goal. Now, I'm going to explain why it should be our goal. We should never be some give all and others give nothing. Everyone should participate on giving their tithes or the Lord's tithe back to the Lord. Let, let me remind you that the tithe is the Lord's, not ours to keep. Look what it says in Malachi 3.10. Bring ye all the tithes into the stockhouse. There may, there may be meat in my house. You know what God says? There be meat, be food in my house. <clears throat> From the youngest to the most older person in the church, everyone is called to give tithes, give their tithes to the Lord through the local church. Everyone, uh, somebody said the statement, why give money to the church? The church doesn't need any money. I just read a statement on Facebook where God says, a, per, a man says, God doesn't need any money. Okay. And Jesus said 12 apostles. Didn't one of them carry a bag with money? Isn't that true? Obviously, Jesus in his earthly ministry, there was a need to money because they need to eat they need to do things they didn't go to when jesus was talking with the lady in the well where did the disciples went to the town to buy food so folks when people say god doesn't need any money i understand the concept in certain in a certain way but when it comes to the local church which is the church of the living god god says that's where you bring your things your tithes so folks it, 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 uh, it's an ignorant statement, of course, that the church, uh, of course, the church needs money. How the world, how in the world the church is going to function without money? Let me put it this way. Okay. Let me be very practical with you. Okay. So, you have a place to live. You have a home. Or maybe you rent a place, right? Okay. You don't need any money. How are you going to pay your rent? How are you going to pay your mortgage? How are you going to buy your food? Are you going to pay your electric bill, your utility bills? Are you going to do all these things? You don't need any money. So you say, Pastor, that's silly. Of course it's silly. Because we know we need those things to sustain ourselves. That's why we go to work. We go to work so we can have money to have a place to live, have a place to rest, have food on the table, have a warm place to stay or air conditioning. We need those things. So you know what? We go to work. No, I put it this way. The church doesn't need any money. Really? All right, so the church pays its own bills. The Lord just sends money from heaven, you know, like, you know, automatic deposit in, in, in a bank account. That's how it happens. Every month we see just right there, just enough to pay the bills. Folks, it's not the way it happens. So let's be practical here. 
How in the world the church is going to function without money? How the utility bills are going to be paid? How's the rent in the building is going to be paid? How the church programs are going are going on? How is the missionaries going to be supported? How the pastor is going to survive? Even Jesus in his ministry, like I said on earth, named Judas who carried the money back. So how those things happen? You think that every time, I'll be honest with you, and I'm outside just like you do, but let me put it this way. You think when we have an activity here, an outreach, anything that we do, you think that it just it's, doesn't cost anything? Everything costs hundreds of dollars. From the rent of the building to utility bills and all that, you know, in the summer, oh, it's too hot. We need the air conditioning. Guess where the electric bill goes? In the winter, oh, it's too cold in here. We pump the heat. Uh, you're going to pay the heat bill. I mean, you know, I mean, it's silly for us to say the church doesn't need any money. No, it does. Parents, you should be teaching your children to give to the Lord. Whether you give your kids a regular allowance or you pay them for specific chores, however you do, teach the principle of giving. Maybe you should teach yourself the principle of giving as well. Everyone should participate participate in giving to the Lord. Not everyone may give the same amount. We understand that. Well, but whatever you give, you give. You know, I mean, listen, if you tithe is five dollars, then it's five dollars. If you tithe is twenty dollars, it's twenty. But everyone should participate, should be given what belongs to the Lord, not to us. So number one, we see the time of our giving. Number two, the participation of our giving. Number three, the intention of our giving. Look what it says there. First uh, uh, Corinthians 16, 2. And the first day of the week, uh, let every one of you lay aside him in store. You see, the intention of our giving. Our third principle for Christian giving is it got to be intentional giving. You see, this is in a, uh, the next phrase of our verse right here. Let every one of you lay him in store. In other words, our giving uh, to the Lord should, should be intentional, not random uh, thing that we do. Our giving to the Lord should to the local church should be a consistent thing, but should be we should have a purpose for it, and it should not should be a random thing. Say, oh, oh, I got to give. No, we already should know when we come to the house of God that's something that we take care of. Listen, folks, when I go on vacation somewhere, I don't just say, oh, good, I'm away for two weeks. I don't give to the Lord for two weeks. I don't do that. Consistently, you know what? When I go to another church, I might give them something, but I don't give my tithes to them. I give to my local church. My tithe goes to my local church. It's because of my visit to churches. I mean, I might give them something, and I do usually, but I give to my local church where I belong to, when I'm my brother and sister, when I worship with. So, for an example, when I first got saved, is I'm going to share with you uh, very kindly. I, we, my wife and I, we worked together. We had two. She had a job and I had a job. You know, we lived good. I'm not going to say we lived good. We we had a good living. So we got saved. The Lord immediately laid in my heart. Oh, I got to be a homemaker. Like you got what? <laughs> you got what? <laughs> you know, I don't want you to be like my mother. <laughs> my mother was a homemaker all of her life. But anyway. We struggle with that concept. We wanted to honor the Lord. Believe me, we want to honor the Lord, to give to the Lord, belong to Him. We didn't know how. We didn't look at like I used to say, honey, I can't, we can't do this. How are we going to do this? I mean, nobody came to us to tell us how to do it. The pastors that came to us and shoved in our throat. No, it didn't happen that way. But one day we went to a, a Christian couple's house. Uh, it was several other couples there. We were there. Uh, 
with something together. We had it was a Bible study there as well. So I'm sitting in this room, and uh, the owner of the house was sitting in the next room. The doors were open, so because the house was not that big, so people kind of spread around to the house through the house. So it was like a little, not a, a living room, but it was something you know it was neat to sit there, to sit around. So I don't know how the subject of tithing came in the other room, but it came out, and it started. He started talking about it, and, and he began to explain how you should go about tithing. So he's explaining to those couples over there. And my wife and I, when we heard, it's not like, you know, I want to be eavesdropped. It was something we were struggling with. We asked the Lord to help us. And he began to teaching about tithing. And oh, well, we were all ears. We began to listen. I'm looking at her. She's looking at me. You know what? It was like the Lord speaking to us. What a teaching lesson that we got. And we went home. We began to do exactly the way we were told. Indirectly, that man taught us the principle of tithing. That was 25 years ago, folks. I still remember his name. I still see, can see his face. And he blessed me beyond measure with that. You know what? And I never regret Give it to the Lord what belongs to him. It is the Lord's. So, God, so, let me put it this way. God wants our giving to be thoughtful, prepared, and planned out in advance. The Bible teaches us to set aside a sum of money Give to the Lord. We should think ahead and how exactly that amount we are given to the Lord before we give. Once again, the best time to set aside is when you receive it. You receive it, take care of it. I know some people do it. They, they, they even You can do that. Plan on your own job. And, and you go to the, the office, whatever it is, and you can set that with them. And immediately, when you get your check, immediately just goes out of your check. I know people that do that. It's wonderful, you know, however you do it. But be consistent, prepared before the time. So, so the Lord, we should give intentionally. should be the way we do. Don't hold back. Don't keep it. Give it to the Lord. Don't think about, well, I work all week for this. I'll work hard for this. It's the Lord's money. But, Pastor, if I give this amount of money, how in the world, I'm going to miss out those other things. I'm not going to have money for this. I'm not going to have money for that. Let me tell you this. You're talking to someone here that's been tithing for 25 years. God gives you more than what you can ask for. Number four, the proportion of our giving. Verse two, as God had prospered him. You see that? So the more you make, the more you give. Brother, you're working so much overtime. It's okay. I give more to the Lord. You know, like, oh, the amount is bigger. The amount is greater. Just give it to the Lord. I prefer give it to the Lord. They have the government taking my taxes for silly things that they have out there. You know, and you have no control of. But anyway, so, the, the, so let them together. So when it comes to giving our tithes and our offerings to the local church, we should, should stay between you and the Lord. Be, First, because we don't want anyone to feel bad because they can't give as much as, as you can give. So neither do you want to feel bad because someone is giving more than you can give. Whether the Lord lays in your heart to give, that should be between you and the Lord. Not everyone gives the same amount. I know that. That means, you know what, so keep that in mind. So in fact, that's how God designed to be. So the Lord blesses some more than blesses others, but we should give the, a portion of what the way we get, to the, the way we make, how much we make, then we go out of that. So 
If you can't give a lot because you don't have a lot, don't worry about that. God is pleased when you simply give in obedience to his word and how to, how to worship him. Wasn't that widow that gave just a little mite? Was God pleased? God was pleased because she gave all. God saw her heart in the way she gave. So the Bible says, as God prospered him, means you give a portion of, uh, of your income to the Lord. So, and so, of course, the question is often, what proportion do I give? Once again, it is between you and the Lord, but the Bible tells us what we should, we should begin with. We should begin with 10% or, this, or, or the tithe. The tithe is 10. When, when you see, hear somebody say 10%, I mean the tithe, it literally means, it means 10% of your income. Someone asked, this preacher, this simple question. Preacher, should I tithe out of my net or my gross? I mentioned that. <laughs> the preacher replied, do you want gross blessings or net blessings? So it goes that way. So, folks, it is not hard. If we learn, listen to this. If we learn to live on 90%, mm -hmm. that's what we need to do. If we learn to li live on 90%, we'll be fine. But if we never learn how to live on 90%, we have a problem. It's that simple. I cannot live on 90%. Well, you know, this, listen, this is what I learned from this man that was teaching about tithing. He says, do a search on your spending. Check your spending and see how you spend your money. And he says, I'm going to, he was saying to those people, not to me, because I was in the other room. He says, when you begin to look at your spending, you're going to see that's foolish things right there that you, out of that, that foolish spending, you probably can tie the Lord. And you know what? Here's my wife and I the next day looking at our spending. Oh, what is this? When do we do this? That's what happens. So you budget yourself and you see your spending so you don't spend on silly things and, and, silly, and more silly things. And you have, and the Lord blesses you beyond, beyond measure. Look what it says in Proverbs 3 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy press shall be burst out with new wine. I'll tell you what. I think tithing is a matter of faith. If I have faith enough in God, I will tithe, give, give, give it belong to him, and I'll let the results to God. Because if God said that he will fill my barns with plenty, and God says that I won't die of hunger, if God says all these things will come to me, he will help me along. i got to believe that to be true. It's a matter of faith. Do I have faith enough in God that he's going to take care of it? Or I don't have faith? When we hold it back, we say to the Lord, oh, I really trust you, but I have no faith that you're going to help me. That's what we do. So the tithe is mentioned in Scripture long before the law was given to Moses. And Jesus affirmed the tithe in the New Testament as well. Actually, go to Matthew chapter 22, verse 17. We talk about a little bit, this is this, sun, this uh, Sunday school hour. But I want you to see this. Because the subject, people say, well, the tithe is of the Old Testament law. It's for the Jews, not for the new, for Christians. So we just give what we can to the Lord. Okay, all right. Well, the question was asked to Jesus right here. Look at Matthew 27, 22, 17. Again, this is what I thought when I, uh, uh, my teacher taught me when I was in college. When you read the Bible, read the Bible with, within context. Don't deviate, because if you don't read with the context, are you in trouble? Look what it says. But Jesus, I mean, tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? 
Here's a question there. It is lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? That is a straight-out question to Jesus. But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Wow. If I call you a hypocrite, you probably don't speak to me for months. Look what it says. Matthew 22, 19 says, Show me thy, the, tribute, the tribute money. And they brought him unto him a penny. And he said unto them, Who is in the image and subscription? They said unto him, Caesar's. Well, God, the Lord asked him that question. What, what, what picture you see there? Caesar's. Then said he unto them, look what it says, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things which are God's. So what's the subject here, folks? Pay taxes. Pay taxes. That's the subject, money. And when he says give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, he's talking about pay your taxes. Give to God what belongs to God. God says, bring it to my house, what? Your tithes and your offerings. Jesus is clear right here. So your tithe is only a starting point. The Bible also give, says that we should give generously and sacrificially. For someone with little income, the tithe can be a great sacrifice. We know that. For someone with much larger income, the tithe is, is a... Uh, so much, uh, not so much as a sacrifice. Also, there are many people who give much more than a tithe because they can and because they desire to see God, God use their money for ministry, for missions and other things. And people do that. Let me give you this story. The story is told of a local businessman who was having a trouble tithing. So he went to, the, to his pastor to help, for help and said, Pastor, when I was a young man and earned $100 a week, I had no problem tithing. I give $10 a week, and it felt great. Over time, the Lord prospered me, and I was earning $500 a week. It was more difficult giving $50 a week, but I still did, did the best I could to tithe. So, so then uh, when I was earning $1,000 a week, it was real, uh, real difficult giving $100 a week. So each time. So why that's, uh, that's as much as I used to earn in a whole week? And when, the, and when then I began to earn $2,000 a week, then $3,000 a week and more, I just found out that I could not tithe anymore. Pastor, will you pray for me? The pastor said, said he would gladly be, pray for him. And the pastor began to pray. Lord, my friend here is having trouble tithing. He asked for help. Oh, Lord, could you, could you, please reduce his income back to the level where you would feel comfortable tithing again? And this businessman gets out of his chin and said, Pastor, thank you very much, but I don't, I won't, won't be necessary praying anymore. I think I got cured. <laughs> it's simple, isn't it? Pastor was not trying to mock him, being genuine. Lord, if he can tie with this amount, bring him back to what he used to be, so he can tie the way he did before. So the, the <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm not, I'm not here to try to shame you. Believe me, I'm not trying to do that or make you feel bad. I'm here tonight teaching you uh, uh, the blessings of giving. I'm teaching you the blessings that overflow when we give to the Lord obediently. That what He asks of us. I'm telling you. I'm not teaching you something that I'm not doing myself. Tithing is a blessing. 
is more is a more blessing to give than to receive. If you see, did you ever give something to somebody and you see the smile in their faces? Did it make your heart rejoices? How much you think the Lord rejoices when we faithfully give to Him what belongs to Him? Don't you think the Lord says, "Oh, my children, obediently trusting me." So the Bible says, "You can't take it with you. You cannot outgive God. Prove, tell God, you know what? That you you going to do, Lord? I'm going to do that to you, for you." So number five, the anticipation of our giving. The anticipation of our giving. So the first uh, four principles primarily apply to individuals and our giving to the church. The, the next uh, three principles apply more to the church and how the church handles the offerings it receives. But all seven principles together are essential for Christian giving. giving. So the fifth, I'm sorry, the fifth principle is about to the church. Look, it says, and there, and there be no gatherings when I come. The end of verse 2. So anticipation giving has to do with the wise planning, uh, stewardship, budgeting, and uh, allow, uh, and allow uh, in a, uh, 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 localizing the found. So in other words, the church must be a good steward of the founds it receives. Imagine a church with no budget, no planning, no tracking of spending. The money just comes in, and the church just spends as it comes in. That is not wise. That church is not, not participating. They're not, not doing what the Lord uh, uh, called them to do. We ought to be wise. When we receive those things, the same thing. Listen, there are families have no budgets. They come in, they spend. They come in, they spend. They never go anywhere. They're always in need. But let me tell you, this is one thing that I learned. It's a principle. I learned that from my mother. The principle of budgeting. My mother told me that. My dad always, always praised my mom. My dad used to say, if I don't have my wife, I wouldn't have any, even a place to sleep. Because my dad was like, he would give everything. He was just a giving person. My mom was more like, mm. <laughs> mm. It's got, you know, it got to balance the thing. But my mother, I learned the principle from my mother about budgeting. So it is a, since I've been married, my wife's not here, but she can testify to that. The, the, the meaning of budgeting, of, you know, with this thing, with this thing, you want to do a project in the house, you save for that thing. So when you have it, then you go and, and do it. So you don't put yourself in debt and more debt and more debt. That's why the average American owes about $50,000 in credit cards. Why is that? Because they don't budget. So the church is the same thing. So when the money comes in, what the church has to do? Has to be a budget there. How those things are done. So a wise church doesn't just take advantage, uh, take whatever money comes in, and that we can spend it because the church knows there are various ex expenses that are going to come up during the year. For an example, we needed two microphones. We needed a, 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 some type of a box in there. I don't know what that is. That is going to try to take this sound out so Nancy don't jump anymore in the seat. <laughs> so we try. So, but you know what? We budget those things. We save the money so we can pay those things. We're not going to put ourselves in debt with that. But you know, it's wise to save money and to put it aside for those things. I believe that you like to save money in your home for raining days, right? So it's so. How do you know how much to put in each fund? You put those in. You anticipate, you plan ahead, you budget. So every January, this church, prayerfully and thoughtfully, we put a budget for the following year. Don't you? You know that. And putting that budget together, we look at, at a number of things. You say, well, listen, a budget is not a law. You follow that? It's a guideline. 
So, you know, it's a guideline. And I have this guideline, and we spend this much money on this thing and this much, and we budget those things. So it's a wise thing to do. We can say, oh, we already spent a lot in this budget. We're going to stop for this year. That's what we tell next year. That's being wise. So I put it like this. Every time I did projects in my house, I never went in and go, oh, I did everything. Then you have like another mortgage on top of your house. People do that. They go put another mortgage to fix the house in one time. You know what? How I did it, we always saved money. And when we had the money, we did a project. And when we had the money, we did a project. When you had the money, we did a project. Right now, I'm going to fix my bathroom upstairs. We saved the money for that project. So we buy the things, and we don't have to worry about how we're going to get them. So that's me. Maybe you can you say, oh, Pastor, you're too controlling. I don't know. <laughs> it's just the way I am. So anyway, so, so what we do. So every January, we, we put a budget together. We present it to you, right? So we look at current rates of giving. We have to look of how people give for that the, the previous year. We look and anticipate the expenses in various areas. We try to see this area, this area, that's uh, how it's going to go. So we, um, uh, we pray about the, the new ministries that we should, we want to create for the church. But you know, all things come with expenses. So our question, the questions are answered, and sometimes part of the budget are modified before we vote on the budget because maybe somebody have a great idea or something put in we think is good or some other thing is added in. So we budget together. We, we give it to the church. The church looks at it. The church, it, they see it. Then we vote on it. And you know what? During the year, you know what we do? We follow the budget. We, we just, as a guideline, we follow that budget. For example, we bought, bought something for the sunroom. You know what? It's out of our budget. That's what there's a need. So we it was like, oh, it's the law. No, no, there's a need there. We follow. We said, okay, we already fulfilled that budget, but we need this stuff, so we're going to buy. Next year, Lord willing, we want to get a sunboard, uh, sun, uh, a bigger sunboard. So we're going to budget for that because those things are needed. Listen, if you online watching and if you want a good sound, good picture, it's going to come out of here. You know, you got to have the right tools to do the, to have the right pictures and the right job. So it comes, we think about those things. So... Number six, the effectiveness of our giving. See, there be no gettings when I come. So the sixth principle of effective giving, we find this principle in the very last uh, 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 phrase in, the, in verse 2. There was no be gettings when I come. So when Paul, uh, when Paul says no collections, here means that no single large collection. The collection for God's people was, was a big deal. It was going to take a significant amount of funds to meet the need. So Paul knew that the Corinthian... Uh, uh, waited until they arrived, and it just took one big collection. So I would not, it would not be enough. But if the Corinthian church practiced the principle, he had just shared with them, they were giving the, uh, then their, their giving would also be effective. There would be sufficient funds to meet the needs. So it works the same way in the church today, folks. If we only took one offering at the end of the year, it would not be effective. If we would not, if we would not give sufficient funds to the work of the Lord, the church will close down. And you know, folks, it been happened. Our brother in Boston, what was the problem? The funds. If God's people don't give, the work of the Lord doesn't move forward. It's that simple. They're not trying to, you say, but Pastor, just say, we understand this concept. You understand. I mean, I think the younger people should understand that. If we don't give what belongs to the Lord. The work of the Lord doesn't move on. We want to buy a new building. How you do that? God doesn't going to send the cash from heaven. It's not going to happen. 
So all these things happen because when God's people faithfully give to the Lord. So, and this is a consistent thing, not just one-time thing. So giving is one of the central parts of the Christian walk and the Christian life. The Lord even says that there there be is more blessing to give than to receive. Actually, we are now we not uh, we are. I'm sorry. Actually, we are on the receiving end more than we are on the giving end. We give a tie, ten percent of our income. On the other hand, God gives provision to every of us hundred percent every day. God gives hundred percent to us every day. We give him ten percent. We have much to give to the Lord. We can give our time, our talents, our resources for the for the work of the Lord. Look what it says actually in First Corinthians nine six, Second Corinthians nine six. Look, actually, go there. Second Corinthians nine six and seven. We're almost done. We have one more thing, and we'll be done. So it says there, First uh, Corinthians uh, nine, Second uh, Corinthians chapter nine verse six. I am sorry, Second Corinthians chapter nine verse six. But this I say. Which he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according to as he purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly of necessity, or, of, of ne- or, or I'm sorry, or, or of ne- necessity, for God love a what? Cheerful. A cheerful giver. So when we give to the Lord, we should not go like the right hand gives and the right hand you want to take it back. No, we just give it wholeheartedly to the Lord and say, Lord, it's my tithe and offering. This is, this is my sacrifice. I'm giving it to you, Lord. And we do that smiling joyfully. Wow. I know. Like, oh, Pastor, I heard of this before. Yeah, we should be reminded over and over again. So we ought to give joyfully to the Lord what be, rightly belongs to Him. Let me tell you, folks. This thing about not giving tithes, it is a phenomenon of the later church because in the olden days, in the early church, people knew exactly where it was. There was no problems with that. So today we have all kinds of Christians that are saying, oh, that's Old Testament law. That's this and that. You know what? You know, I put it like this. I'm a Christian. I take the whole Bible as a whole. I don't divide and pick and choose what God says. I understand the concept. Some things are to the Jewish people, and some things, you know, we take principles out of it. I understand that. But I'm telling you what, I take the Bible as a whole. I don't divide all oh, the Old Testament, God, the Old Testament, one thing. The God. This is the word of the living God. That's right. right. what it is. Amen. I mean, we, uh, we, if we're going to pick and choose, we're in trouble. Number seven, the accountability of our giving. The accountability of our giving. It goes to verse three and verse four. And when I come, whosoever you shall approve by your letters, then I will send to bring you uh, unto your li- li- liberality unto Jerusalem. And if it be meet that I also go, they shall, they shall go with me. So the principle of giving is not optional for us Christians. Listen, folks, the tithe is not optional. Should I, should not, I give when I feel like. No, our tithe is to be giving to the Lord because that is tithe. May we put that in our mind. It is time, not ours, to keep. I give if I want, so, so is the answer of many. So God uh, expects us to bring our tithes to his house. In this case, the local church where you serve. Remember again, that it is the Lord's tithe, and that is, is 
that we must give back to, to him rightfully. He's a rightful owner. This morning I used the example. Actually, I used Nancy as an example. I said, okay, so I, I give $1,000 for, for uh, Nancy to keep for me, and I, I go back in a little while, or a couple months later, so Nancy, I, can I have my, my $1,000 back? She said, oh, I spend it. I'm like, where in the world? That's my money. I didn't give you authority to spend it. <laughs> but it's the same, same principle in there. If it's the, the Lord's money, if it's this tithe, it's not a business to spend it. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring ye all, not some, it says all the tithings into the stock house. That look what it says. I think this is a sad statement right here. It was powerful because that was, going, was, was happening at the time. That it may be meat in my house. You follow that? The Lord says to the people of Israel at that time, you bring your tithes to my, to my house, so it'd be meat there. Because obviously, it was not. And it says right here, where was I with that? And look what it says. And prove me, now wherewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you, the windows of heaven, and put out you our blessings that should be that shall be no room enough to receive it. Jesus, I mean, the Lord actually says to you and me, "You prove me." All right, so you give me your tithe, my tithes, which Lord belongs to me. Then prove me if I don't do that to you, folks. I tell you why. You're looking at a testimony right here. I can tell you, for 25 long years, I've been tithing to the Lord, and the Lord's doing exactly that to me. That's what the Lord's doing. Folks, let me put it this way. I got saved. My wife worked a job like me. We made a lot of money together. We prayed. As soon as we got saved, the desire to be a homemaker came right up. And you know what? I told my wife, I said, honey, paying a mortgage will never be able to do that. You know what happened? We paid our mortgage off. And when we put made that payment, I remember that day. I looked at her and said, you know what? When the kids finish the end of the school year, there's no reason for you to go to work. You can't be home. Wow. How the Lord just kept doing the things that he's doing. Where they today, she's home. I don't, have any, I don't even mention That's part of our living. The Lord takes care of us. You know what? I, I tell you, the Lord says to you and me, prove me. Test me. Try me. See if it won't happen. The problem is that a lot, of us, a lot of us, we don't have faith enough to even test the Lord. <laughs> test it. And it says in Proverbs uh, 3, 9, Honor the Lord with all thy substance and the first fruits of thine increase. So now, not only you have the responsibility to bring the, your tithe and offerings into the house of the Lord, but also to the local church. The local church is responsible to use those funds in a way that honors the Lord. Listen, if it's God's money, then me... To those in the administration of the church, we have to be responsible how we use that because, you know what, that's the Lord's money. The church should be accountable, account as you have accountability and have structures. I do. Some of our accountability measures uh, we, we do here, we practice here at EBC includes, we always count the money that is given. Always count the money that is given. That's why every Sunday you look at the bulletin, that's the money that you give right there. 
Secretary always puts that amount in there. If you look in your bulletin, it's right there, what is given to, uh, to the general given, missions, uh, uh, even, even if it's the, uh, the food pantry. I don't know if even if it's there, but it, my wife puts it right there. So everything that has come in is put in there. We carefully document all cash and check transactions. We always give our statement to you in the end of the year of your giving. You can claim it on your taxes or you cannot claim whatever you want to do, but you get a paper on that. And, and, and uh, we every year have a church budget meeting on which we look at the way, how we spend the money in a year before. We always do that, and we put a new budget for the new year. We strive to, to not to spend more than the budget required. We try to stay within that area. So it's, it's a wise way to do it. So we try to use God's money in a way that is honorable to him. So I conclude with this. When it comes to giving, you don't need to worry about finding the instructions. God has given us the instructions in his word. These seven principles are timeless principles for Christian giving uh, applicable to any church. They are the, the practical aspects of giving that need to be take, take, take place in our church. Uh, and remember, you can never outgive God. You can never outgive God. God says, prove me, test me, try me. See if I don't open the windows of heaven. I'll tell you folks, I didn't purposely go test the Lord. I wanted to learn how to give. But I tell you what. All these years I've been tied into the Lord, I see the fruits of His blessings. God is good and is faithful to His promises. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this time, of, uh, time that we spent together. It was a, a longer lesson tonight, Lord, but they needed to be t uh, taught, Lord, tonight. And I just pray, Father, help us, each one of us, Lord, from the youngest to the oldest, help us, Lord, to be faithful in our giving, to trust you, Lord, with our giving, especially our tithes to you. That's your, that belongs to you, Lord, and help us to do that, to be faithful to you. Lord, help us not to be afraid that we're going to miss out on something. You know, Lord, you will, we will never miss out, and that's my testimony. I never miss out on anything. You've been so good to me, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you could